All right, before we get into today's episode, we want to let you know today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. If you want to go see the Chicago Bears in person and, uh, you know, nothing beats seeing it live. SeatGeek makes that process simple and stress-free. Check out the SeatGeek app in the Apple and Google Play stores and download the app today with tickets to your favorite sporting events, music, theater, comedy, and more. Nothing beats seeing your favorite teams and performers live and in person. Go see Eddie Pinheiro double doink his way in the Windy City. Or you know what? We got we to keep a baseball. Go see Anthony Rizzo's uh, ankle shatter in nine places. Double doink um, the ankle. Double doink the ankle. SeatGeek scans all the secondary market sites to find you the best deal. And all deals are rated on a 1 to 10 scale, with 1 mean you're getting robbed. 10 means a great deal. They also throw in uh, some color coding for guys that aren't great with numbers. Uh, like, I don't know, the Indians front office. Uh, green dots mean great deals. Red dots mean bad deals. Might be a, a, a good price, but it might be a bad value for you. Use our code BREAKDOWN. That's B-R-K-D-W-N. And that'll get you 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek person purchase to go see some person let's say francisco lindor today that's promo code breakdown 20 bucks off your first seat geek purchase seat geek seat geek life's an event we have the tickets seven let's get it popping now it's time for a breakdown you're listening to gap to gap brought to you by the breakdown Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal! Jason Giambi has done it. Oh, welcome to episode 17. Shout out to my old man. He always wore 17. So uh, episode 17, we made it. Um, Barely uh, legal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? This is an impromptu meet the Mets, but I feel we got to touch on it. Meet the motherfucking Mets. How about Lenny Dykstra? Holy shit, seven. Yeah. Talking about barely legal. Yeah, talking about barely legal. And one of those things that you don't want to make a joke about, like like there's plenty of things, and you and me have crossed the line plenty of times in this show. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes we walk it back, sometimes we don't. Lenny Dykstra (laughs) has never been one to pull punches, especially on social media. Especially against this vertically challenged people that lose their shit at Bagel Boss, too. Oh, yeah. You were talking about that, too. He got in a fight with the Bagel Boss guy. No, he's doing a promotional fight with the Bagel Boss guy. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> Lenny Dykstra. And, again, there's certain things you don't poke fun at. One of those things is September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll ever be able to uh, poke fun at that. Just one of those things. Call me crazy. Lenny Dykstra, on September 11th, tweets out at, let's see, the timestamp is, I don't have it on here, but he tweets, hashtag 9-11, neither here nor there, no, actually, I'm sorry, neither here, not there, 
But just think, <laughs> if you were born on that terrible day, tonight is your last night of being jailbait anywhere in this country with a map of the United States and each state's age of consent. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not so far out of the realm of possibility that Lenny Dykstra was brewing this tweet for months thinking about this. It's really not, but... And, and then the next day he follows it up with uh let's see if i can find the the apology tweet <laughs> oh so he actually apologized that's good. oh um <laughs> quote the college the college student intern responsible for the tweet about age of consent and 18 years since 9-11 is going to be, be taking a break to focus on schoolwork okay. um He's, he also goes on to say, I had indeed mentioned to her how quickly time had flown by. She meant no harm and will and will learn from the experience. Jesus Christ. So. That's not a real apology. That can't be real. And there, dude, does anybody believe that that Lenny Dykstra has a college in a female college intern running his Twitter account? No. Absolutely not. not. What the actual fuck? <laughs> The guy doesn't even have his fucking teeth anymore. Like, there's no way he can afford an intern. Yeah. And, and it's just, I. that's the most weirdest way to walk back uh, a bad joke. I know, usually, like, it's, it's actually, um, it's kind of out of left field for him because he usually owns all the stupid shit he says. And, I, again, he, there's no way he has an intern on his payroll because... He's doing a fucking promotional fight with the, the short guy who blew up at Bagel Boss to make money. It's unbelievable. So that right there should poke some holes into this whole apology from Lenny Dykstra. Yeah. Um, all right. And it's an unfortunate transition, but if we're going to, if Lenny Dykstra is going to talk about age of consent, yeah, it's an unfortunate transition into Felipe Vasquez, but Felipe Vasquez, yikes. Yeah, that's uh, this was kind of a, a weird update to get today. I was on my phone, and just saw it come through. I guess Felipe Vasquez closer for the Pirates, uh, and of course the Pirates have had their own issues. We touched upon it last week with the yeah. news uh, with Vasquez himself getting into a fight with Kyle Crick. Crick needed surgery on his finger. Um, not much was reported on why they fought. But I mean, maybe anyway, it was over this. That's what I was thinking. It could have been over this. Um, and but if, so, case, so, so just to, to just to headline reset, pitcher uh, Pirates pitcher Felipe Vasquez arrested Tuesday in Pittsburgh and is being charged with multiple felonies in both Pennsylvania and Florida, including statutory sexual assault, and initially charged with computer pornography, soliciting a child, and providing obscene material to minors by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Not a great look for anyone. Pretty, pretty terrible look, too, um, for the Pirates just in general. I don't care if he's innocent, whatever. If he's tied to this and they have enough evidence to arrest him on it, um, it's just a bad look to not yeah. up release him. Uh, I, I know there's certain things like innocent until proven guilty, but A, if it's... It's one of those things, of, you know, like, even if... even distance even, yourself from it. Exactly. You don't want it tied to your name. Exactly, and the Pirates, for whatever reason, did not release him. They put him on administrative leave, which is a slap on the wrist. Mm -hmm. At least, at least in my eyes, it is. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't believe. I, I couldn't agree more. So I was administrative leave surprised. means you get your shit in a row. You let the news cycle roll over, and then we'll you know slide you back into the into the fold. To no, me, at least, can, yeah, that's that's how I took it too. And and here's the here's the reason it's so stupid. Best case scenario, he's cleared for whatever reason. I don't think he will be. Um, I, it sounds like they have some shit on him. Um, but best case scenario, he's cleared. He still gets suspended um, because I feel like MLB is not going to turn a blind eye to this. This isn't like people juicing or or any stupid shit like that. Like this is a pretty serious matter here. So either way, he's going to get a suspension handed down to him if he's not taken out of the league anyway. So that's the best case scenario. You have to deal with him going it's on the suspended list. And then it, the worst case scenario, though, is he's found guilty. You didn't release him. He goes to prison, and that's the end of him. Yeah. You, you had all the power to just get the fuck away from this guy, and you didn't. It's one of those things that it's going to make you wonder, uh, how is the league going to deal with this? Because, I mean, you, obviously it's, con- it's conduct detrimental to the league and detrimental to the team. But, like, are they literally going to slap down the fine and say, you know, let's say 60 games for, you know, cranking it to a six to a 14 year old you know yeah, what i mean no, that's that's and, and I, apparently he had a relationship with her when she was 13 God. But they, fa- they found out now while and she's 15 now which makes it even worse it's like just, just just disgusting yeah it's fucking gross and i i'm not i don't blame the pirates for keeping the guy on the roster because i i truly believe they probably didn't know at the time but I will put all the blame on the Pirates for not just fucking cutting him. Yep. And, you know, it's 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 almost like a weird service time thing that they got themselves into because he has five years of control left. Where in reality, <laughs> like, I'm serious. So, like, does yeah. the, so does the Pittsburgh State Penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> that's actually like, how, I, how I was looking at it. I'm like, five years of control, it doesn't matter where. He's The guy's like pretty much owned by someone there in that state so um yeah I, I just don't understand the reason behind not just cutting bait with them right away because there's that to your point he's never going to shake that image anyway so now the pirates are associated with him yeah could have done the right thing and just got rid of him but um yeah i guess we'll let the legal proceedings go and we'll probably see this man go to jail so yeah good, good job pittsburgh you had all the power to get rid of him and you didn't all right, moving on. Um, Yankees get Luis Severino back. Yeah, watched the start tonight. Um, it was good. Not, I mean, he was on a pitch count for 70 pitches. He got 67 in. Uh, four innings, no runs. Uh, you know, I think he had four Ks, a couple walks, a couple hits. Um, didn't look quite as sharp as, you know, I think everyone had hoped. But first start of the year, I'm not expecting him to do a complete game shutout so i was very uh, i guess content with the result tonight i think the next the plan next is to get him stretched out to around 85 pitches and then after that they'll just let him lose in the postseason yeah so his final line goes four innings two hits no runs two walks four k's yep. um and and you gotta love that if you're a yankees fan and um obviously beating up on the angels right now um I think that's a that's a good start uh, good start for him and like you said if he progresses to that 85 pitch mark and and no setbacks then that's a that's a great uh, weapon for them going into the playoffs. 
Yeah, and I think it also just takes a shit ton of pressure off the team in general going into the playoffs because now I don't think you pitch him game one regardless. If he's feeling fine, I wouldn't pitch him game one. I don't think he's that type of a pitcher. And I, I think we've talked about it before, but I'd, I'd still would pitch Tanaka and then Paxton, and then I would pitch Severino in a game three situation. But I would not push him to the point where he feels like he has to be the ace right now. I think this just kind of gives him that luxury to say that their rotation is finally whole and they can move forward with what they have and not have that worry, I guess. Yeah, and I think to, to piggyback off that, like if you can make him just a guy, and, and not and he, he won't be just a guy being, you know, Luis Severino, but right. being, if he can just be a tool in that rotation instead of make him be the guy in that rotation, I think that that makes uh, his transition back to uh, the league from injury, it makes it, makes it a lot easier, I think. Yeah, and that's that's a great way to put it. If he can just be a guy and not the guy, that's that's huge for him. Um, the things I saw that I didn't like tonight, and I'm sure they'll probably work on it in bullpens leading up to the next start. Uh, his fastball command was all over the place. He, I think he was just he was sailing all his balls outside. Uh, so probably the release point isn't there. He had a couple good breaking balls, so I was very encouraged by that as a Yankees fan, just seeing that he can snap off some good sliders. But again, it's the first start. I'm not greedy. I, I just wanted to see him go out and throw good velo. He did that. Didn't give up any runs, even though he's playing against like a Triple A lineup right now with the Angels. But still, that's fine. It's a rehab start. Yeah, well, it's a rehab start in September on the major league level, so we'll take it. <laughs> All right, another cool story uh, from tonight: Mike Yastrzemski going yaya at Fenway, where his grandfather Carl called home for 23 years of his Hall of Fame career. Um, and obviously Boston and you being in Boston, Carl Yastrzemski is a name that you don't just throw around for, yeah, for, no. for, for Mike Yaz to go yard in that ballpark. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, this is actually pretty cool. I mean, um, can't stand the socks, but that was a cool moment just to see him, uh, do his grandfather proud like that. And I, it's kind of cool too, when you consider that he plays for the Giants, so obviously he doesn't have many yeah, very limited opportunities. So, um, yeah, so no, good for him. I thought it was a cool moment. Again, uh, quietly we'll having see. a good year. 19 homers, 265, an OPS of 830, and a WAR of two. Yeah. So as a as a rookie, that's Giants trade him uh, next week. I mean, when yeah. when does this uh, when's the the trade market open up? Uh, right after the postseason, so first day of November, right before the winter meetings, Giants will probably get rid of another great outfielder that no one had a chance to really know. Yeah, um, we should uh, we should go to the winter meetings. Fuck it. I would love to go to the winter meetings. Just go full send and go to the winter meetings. Yeah, why not? Just you know, <clears throat> out, at dust it off at Jordan Whitney. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> not a big deal, but kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right um uh, i heard i actually heard their winter meeting winter meetings are a great time yeah i mean it looks like a great time especially if you're part of the winter meetings because it sounds like they just get spoiled yeah um so let's get into award talk we're gonna be kind of a shorter show today um as the season winds down we're gonna dive into playoffs pretty heavy next week um and i, I mean honestly the way the indians are playing baseball's canceled if we're being honest um <laughs> so for, yeah for me for me 100 percent. but no there's some great playoff races going on and play it's gonna be a fun 
playoffs, and I'm, I'm excited to watch it. We're going to dive into it deep next week. We're going to talk awards this week, and our award talk this week is going to be brought to you by MyBookie. And if you're looking to sign up with an online sportsbook for the first time or just looking to join a new one, the breakdown has you covered. Check out MyBookie.ag and use our code BREAKDOWN, that's B-R-K-D-W-N, and you'll receive a 50% bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That means if you go the full way, you deposit 100 bucks using our code, you get 50 bucks for free. Use our code BREAKDOWN on MyBookie now for free credit on your first deposit. Bet the Browns. Wise guys, Brett the Browns. And uh, yeah, MyBookie is the place to do it. So, seven. AL MVP. It, I think it kind of got a curveball thrown into it with, with Mike Trout going down. Uh, ESPN lists the AL MVP favorites as... That's NL... Uh, as Mike Trout, Alex Bregman, Mookie Betts, Matt Chapman, and Xander Bogarts. I disagree with the top five, but my pick is in there in Mike Trout. Um, I, I and I think and we talked about this earlier in the year. I think Trout gets the um, the LeBron treatment where his greatness just gets thrown to the side because of the fact that he just does it every single year. So we just assume that. I mean, he's he's got 45 bombs, hitting 291, 104 RBIs, uh, an OPS over a thousand, a WAR north of eight. Yeah, that's pretty good. That'll yeah, play. yeah, that'll play at most levels. Um, so he's my pick, and again, I, I think it's just kind of the LeBron effect, where where we forget how good this guy is. One, because he does it every year. Two, because he plays in LA, where that team is a dumpster fire. Yeah, and I think to. Just kind of touch on that too, the the LeBron effect. I guess I also like selfishly. I'm a big agent of change and chaos, and that's fair. I, I like to see different players represented, um, but it's tough to vote against it when it's a guy like Mike Trout because he's so likable too. Whereas, I, like I've never seen Mike Trout go on Instagram Live and start talking about Taco Tuesday. So he'll forever <laughs> have my respect because he doesn't run his fucking mouth. But um, And I love Mike Trout. The only reason I just wouldn't get – and I know it's only two weeks left and these games are kind of meaningless at this point for a lot of teams. The only reason I look at it with two weeks left and he can't contribute anymore is just like I feel like that leaves it open to other guys that are going to get those extra at-bats. Because That's there's, fair. There's still – you know, let's say there's nine games left – uh, 40 at bats left, and who knows what could happen in, in that small window where guys can just take the home run lead, uh, you know, maximize their batting average, things of that nature. Things can happen for players for individual stats of that, I guess, that sort. But yeah, it's tough to vote against Mike Trout just because his, even a shortened season when he's missing two weeks like this, he's still put up like God's numbers. So leading the league on base, slugging, OPS, offensive war. Uh, total war. <sighs> Let's see. I what mean, else it, is he leading in? Like, Homer. He's tied for the league in Homer. Solaire's going to pass him. Uh, leads in walks. I mean, jeez. Again, yeah, it's tough to, uh, to really <laughs> to vote against him. If I'm going to be a contrarian, though, and just throw a vote in, um, and I'm sure everyone probably could telegraph this one but i gotta go with dj lemayhew uh surprise surprise or Gio Rochelle. no just kidding just dj lemayhew 
And the reason I think it's, it's so deserving, um, for most of the year, he's been in the top three in batting average. So he's, a, he's been a batting champion uh, before as well in the National League. But also just his clutch hitting. He's been hitting well over 300 all year in clutch situations with men on. The other thing that's cool about him, and obviously this isn't what gets the votes, but I just looked at it as somewhat, a, I guess, a neat type of thing is, He's a utility man. He doesn't have a, mm-hmm. like he'll it, it, he'll be up at the second baseman um, essentially, but he's a utility man. There's no one else on this list. You look at Bregman, Simeon, Mookie Betts, Bogarts, Springer, Chapman, Devers. All these guys, they all have a set position. DJ Lemayhew's played five different positions this year. That's true. And he's not. But, he do you think voters take that into consideration? No, but I feel like they should when you look at their body of work because yeah. the, the name of the, the award is the most valuable player. Yeah. And he's been the most valuable player to one of the most valuable franchises for ratings at least. So if you look at that, just how many people are going to tune into a Yankees game if they're losing constantly because of all the injuries they've had? And LeMayu's been floating around the diamond playing every fucking position, just you know doing what he has to do to keep this team floating but also thriving and winning. And he's been like the catalyst for the whole season, for them at least. So he's been their most vo- valuable player. I feel like you have to take that in consideration when you actually look at what the, the award is supposed to account for. Because it's not supposed to just be the stats that are, you know, the gaudy stats that you see on the back of a baseball card and say, this guy was great. It should also take into account what he's done for the team that he plays for. And for a team that's in contention, going to the world, or excuse me, not yet, the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, but, um, but but your point definitely stands, and, and like it's something that we we talked about with uh, the manager of the year debate with right. Aaron Boone. When you have a team that was beat up as the Yankees were all year, to have an anchor in that lineup that's just consistent all year, like DJ Lemayhew, it definitely and and, and for him to be as as uh, as he's been, it definitely I think garners some MVP MVP votes. I think he'll be he'll get votes. I think. I think it'll be, like, towards the bottom of the list. Like, he'll be, like, 13th, 14th in voting, I think. I think it'll be a little higher than that. You do? Um, yeah, I, I feel like he's going to round out the top five. Oh. At least. I, I do. I, I really do. I just – because I think the voters, when they, they do look at the stats first, and that's what they've always done, and I get that. But – and this isn't, like, a, a final dig at the Red Sox, but I, I don't know how you can take a guy like Mookie Betts and – Bogart too. Yeah, they've had great seasons, but stack them up against LeMayhew. Yeah, I would agree. And say, and say that they they're more valuable because LeMayhew to everything that we talked about has just been the most valuable to that team. So, and his team's winning. So that that's at least for if you're talking like top 5 consideration like that, I feel like that has to take a, a little bit into account. Yeah, I definitely agree. Sorry, I'm fighting a bug in here. I'm losing. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, what the fuck are you doing over there? Fucking, fucking fly came out of nowhere. I was, I couldn't catch it. <laughs> I was like, you banging a table for DJ just like me? Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go NL MVP. Um, are you, in the middle of the year, you said Ballinger was your guy. Have you moved off that? No, I still haven't moved off that, and I, I definitely won't. I, I could go through his numbers and just go, but, I mean, same stud. argument. Absolute stud. Same, it's the same argument, too. He's played multiple positions. He's been an absolute fucking rocket ship for these guys. Everything he touches turns to golds. You know, the the average obviously came down from what, where it was back in the season when he was hitting 400 for the first month and a half. We knew that was going to happen. But 
just everything it's like the whole body of work his team got the best record in the nl they're obviously the favorite again for the world series from the nl and probably the biggest reason is because of him yeah um so i i i couldn't agree more i think i think bellinger will be the mvp in the nl I think to be contrarian, I'm going to say Christian Yelich because of, when, like, I, again, I, I, I kind of view the award differently, and this kind of contrasts to my to my Mike Trout take, but uh, when I look at value for a player, like, yeah, filling up the stat sheet is great, but, w- like, how does that team do if you take that dude out of the lineup? Yesterday, or I'm sorry, last week, when we, you know, stopped the record button right after we got that the the uh the pirates bit in a half hour later we get the yelich bit and yeah. and what was the first thing jordan said rest in peace to the pirates or the, the brewers playoff hopes yeah no it's it's true so when you take away one dude and all of a sudden that team's playoff hopes are toast i think that that speaks volumes to the player that guy is and he's no slouch he's he i mean uh 44 home runs, a 329 average, 97 RBIs, 30 steals. Again, OPS over a thousand, slugging just south of 700. Like, not just south, 671. But I, I, I mean, Mike Trout type numbers for Christian Yelich this year. Yeah, I mean, the argument is there. He, he does that definitely deserves some consideration. I just think that Bellinger's been grand- too strong this year. That's the thing. It's in any other year, and I think because the the NL is a little bit more up for grabs in that case. Um, when you look at it between Bellinger and Yelich, that was a two horse race pretty much all year. But then there's sneaky names, and they're like Kettle Marte uh, and a couple. Marte, of the uh, Anthony Rendon, and Freddie Freeman are in ESPN's top five. I think you could also make an you could make an argument for Acuna to sneak into that top five. Yeah, you could, um, especially with the team he plays on, because again, that's the whole argument. It's the most valuable player, and who's what player made their team valuable in the long run? And Acuna definitely has that consideration. Rendon, same type of argument with the Nationals, not expected to contend this year. Yeah. And now you know they're they have the first wild card spot. It looks like they're probably going to hold on to it the way they're playing. And Rendon just essentially has put that team on his back. I know there's other pieces around him, but he's been the catalyst for them as well. Agreed. Um, moving past that, let's go to the uh, AL Cy Young, and, and this is the first one that we're in agreement. It's it's yep. just the man, Justin Verlander. Yep. Uh, a lot of sex down in Houston. A lot of it. We've talked about it at length. Yep. Sub one whip, leads the AL in ERA, FIP 333, <sighs> Leads the AL in hits per nine. Leads the AL, or I'm sorry, uh, leads, yeah, leads the league in, and all the majors in hits per nine. Leads the AL in walks per nine. Leads all baseball in strikeouts to walk ratio with a 7-2-4 strikeout to walk. Yeah, that's pretty good. That is... Again, that'll play. That is above <laughs> average, as the kids say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean... All right, let's let's talk. Let's talk instead. Who do we think is going to finish second in Cy Young? Um, <clears throat> Garrett Cole. I think I think it's still Cole. You can make the case for Charlie Morton um, for the reason that he's just been the most consistent, I guess, 
in dynamic reason that the the Rays are, are where they are right now, uh, fighting for that second wild card spot. But I think Cole, just the body of work, and I know he plays on the same team as Verlander, so it's kind of a cop out. But it's it's great to get contributions from one guy like Verlander, but to be able to do it with two guys like the Astros have been blessed with all season, I think speaks volumes to why they are who they are, and it just puts them in that position now um, to obviously contend for the World Series. So I think Cole gets it just based on the fact that he's doing this. Like they're they're facing the same teams. That that Verlander's facing same lineups. And yeah. Most in most series, so for both of them to just dominate the way they have, I think you have to take that in consideration. The the Morton thing, I'm a little. I got, I'd be interested to see where the writers stack him up against Cole. I think Morton definitely deserves some consideration. He'll probably come in third in the in the voting in my eyes. What do you think about a guy like thirds. Shane Bieber? See, Bieber's like that's an interesting one too. If the Indians somehow make it into the in the postseason and they get that wild card spot, I think Bieber leapfrogs Morton. Yeah, I I could see that, I could see that, but yeah, I think this is by and large Verlander's to lose, and he's not going to get enough innings to lose it over the stretch here. Exactly, and I mean, there's nothing he can really do unless he just goes out and you know gives up twenty runs in each start. But. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, so it's pretty much locked up for, for Justin Verlander at this point. Um, how about NL Cy Young? I'm not moving off my guy, Mad Max. All right. Uh, Mad, Mad Max, is he's just, uh, he's dominant. He's, <laughs> like, again, value to a rotation. He's got the best strikeouts per nine in baseball with 12 and a half. Um, he just, he commands the baseball and just dominates the game. He's besides strikeouts, he doesn't fill up the stat sheet anywhere else. I think that's his only right now. All he, or, and he leads the NL in strikeouts to walks, uh, ratio. And that's really all he's leading the league in right now. And fit, he leads in FIP with a two, three, one, which is 0.4 better than anybody else in the NL. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's compelling. It's the the arguments there, when you look at the whole season, the only reason I would put Jacob deGrom over him at this at this point in juncture, um, he's pitched more since the All-Star break. Yeah. And the second half is really where the voting starts to take shape. So just in these stats here, 12 stars since the All-Star break, deGrom has a 1.69 ERA, a .89 whip. And he's averaging 11.5 strikeouts per nine. In the same span since the All-Star break, if we're judging it from that benchmark, Scherzer has been good. He's not been great. He has a 4.15 ERA, and he's only been limited to six starts because of the neck and the shoulder issues he had. So consistency is the big key player here for me. When I'm, If I had a vote, I would give it to DeGrom. And the other aspect of that is DeGrom has been, to your point, the, the absolute just force in that rotation. He's the only reason the Mets even had a chance to sniff the postseason this year. Mm-hmm. Side, obviously, Pete Alonso had a great year, but without DeGrom's pitching, you're not in position to win those games. I don't give a shit how many home runs Alonso hits. It starts with pitching, and DeGrom, once again, has proven that he's the most valuable player to that team. Um, so I, I would just have to give him that vote if I'm, if I had that right to vote. I would give it to Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, and and he's one of those guys that I really can't argue with. Like the like you said, the arguments there. And like honestly, there's there hasn't really been anybody that we've mentioned in this show that you couldn't form an argument for and have a legitimate case for. 
No, it's true. I, there's other guys in the NL too. I, Hunjun Ryu for the Dodgers has had a great year. Yeah, he has. He's tailed, off, he's tailed off a little bit, and some regression was to be expected after pitching like as crazy as he was uh, in the middle of the season. But I mean, you look at a guy like that, and then there's other players too, like Walker Buehler on the Dodgers. Another name. They're, like, there's probably five to six guys that you could look at and say they all have a legitimate shot when the season opens. But I think you and I kind of talked about it. It's going to come down to these two guys and to Garam and Scherzer. feels like year in, year out, as long as these two are, are in the same league. Yeah, and it's it's so much fun to watch. And yeah. It, it's, I feel like we don't get Scherzer versus DeGrom enough for them playing in the same division. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also just in today's game where it's just so offense-heavy just to see these two guys be able to just shut down offenses like with regularity. Um, nothing really phases the way they go and attack a, a lineup. It's the same shit night in, night out. It's just, you know, who's going to get the best of, of the other team if they win, they play each other. And that's the best matchup in baseball for my money, DeGrom to and Scherzer, because you're going to see a real baseball game. You're not going to see a fucking home run derby and guys just hitting lasers out of the park. Yeah. And and so this, this question was asked to me the other day, and I'm just going to pose it to you. If you're sitting in the seats at a baseball game, would you rather watch a 13 to 11 home run fest or a two to one pitcher's duel for me as a baseball purist i'd like to watch a pitcher's duel me too i i kind of said like here's how i answered it i said like it depends on what the 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 two to one game is is it guys just popping out and, and wasting away at bats or is it a pitcher just dominating a lineup yeah like if it's strikeouts 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 that's that's sex because now you're just watching guys dominate but to your point, if it's like a guy pitching a contact and he's just getting ground balls, not as sexy. Yeah, I don't want to um, watch Josh Tomlin versus Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> no, and, I don't think any, Well, actually, no, Kyle Hendricks maybe. That's your boy. That is your dick. boy because a pitching ninja. Don't fuck with the professor. <laughs> Get ready for an 87-mile-an-hour bolt right down the dick. Scooter. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I would like to watch that just so I can see the gif after from fucking Pitching Ninja. Ugh, if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I think to your point, too, with the 13-11 game, it all has to do with context, too. If it's a playoff game, like a wild-card playing game, and you get to see some offense, because at that point, all bets are off. I just want to see a good game. And whether that means a guy that's going to throw seven innings and get matched by the other guy on the other mound... Or I'm going to see some absolute lasers and offense just come out of fucking nowhere. I'll take that, too, because I think the playoffs seeds itself to be offense heavy, especially for the fans. You want to see home runs. Chicks dig the long ball. Mm. See, I, I disagree with that. Oh, okay. I would rather watch a pitcher's duel in the postseason than than guys you know bang the ball off the wall every every at bat that indians yankees game and, and we both watched this that we're yeah, we're uh, i was i was in the building i've never been closer to a panic attack in my life yeah no i mean it's a good point because you are on pins and needles but i also love the aspect of just trading home runs in a do or die situation that's like fair that. that's fair I, I just think it adds so much excitement because Every time you hear the crack of the bat, you're ready. Like the adrenaline just pumps, and I think it's a little bit more than you know, bases empty, two outs, and you know that he's probably gonna strike him out. True. I think, I think a pitcher's duel is perfect for like those summer getaway games where you're just trying to take in a good game of baseball. 
and you just want to appreciate the sport, I think a slugfest owns itself in a playoff setting, especially in like a wild card game when it's do or die. Both teams are on the line to get into the series now. I think that's fucking awesome, and I wish we could see more of it. But again, the problem with playoffs, the problem with that is in a wild card game, then pitching their best, and and the bullpens get depleted if you get a thirteen to eleven game. I know, but isn't that awesome? Because that is it though. Because <laughs> then because then the ALDS is trash. Well, just for the first game. But imagine if they go on like a Cinderella run and just true. That is true. See, like there's there's a lot of storylines that play out in either scenario. I just. I'm a big fan of offense in the postseason because I love seeing the home runs. Hmm. That's interesting. I think there's a, there's a fun debate to be had there. Yeah, I mean, we'll see because playoffs two weeks, uh, especially those wild card games. As it stands right now, if the Rays go to Oakland, that's probably going to be one of the most boring wild card games in recent memory. Yeah. Yeah. But on the flip side, if it's the Cubs and the Nationals, that's going to be electric. That could be awesome because you're going to have your boy Scherzer pitch and it's, again, do or die. So to your point, it could be a bullpen game early and both teams can hit the shit out of the ball. So when you're looking, so, so let's kind of get into our curtain calls here as, as, as I'm kind of thinking through mine right now. I kind of want to twist the knife on the Indians, but I also don't. Um, oh. It's not really a hot take to say the Indians are going to miss the playoffs because they're a game and a half out of the wild card spot right now. Yeah. But I think the Indians could be knocked out by. Let's see. When is when's the season over? Could they, could they be knocked? Their magic number to get eliminated is eleven. Their elimination number from the wild from from postseason contention. Right. So what's the last day of the season? It's like the twenty eighth, right? I think it's the. I think it actually goes to the. Th- Third, oh no, the 29th. The 29th. I'm going to say, I'm going to go off. Indians will be, will be eliminated from postseason contention by the time we record next. Oh, so <laughs> just a week from now. Yeah, I'm going to give oh, them a week. Gone. Oakland oh, and Tampa gone. are both playing really good baseball. The Indians are, are continuing to play pedestrian baseball. And they had that first wild card. I mean, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. A month ago, the Indians were a half game ahead of the of the Twins. We held the division lead for a day. I thought it was going to be a wrap. And now we we played ourselves, okay, Minnesota can take that top spot back and you know, we'll just we'll play at home in the wild carry. Oh, we're not at home anymore. Okay, we'll be, we know we'll go on the road. We'll we'll beat Tampa. Okay, no, Tampa jumped us. Okay, we're away now. We're away in the wild card game and now we're out on the outside looking in. We're playing golf in October. Yeah, a team uh, a team that's going to win 92 games is going to be playing golf in October. That happened last year with Tampa, though. That sucks. They, they won 93. I think they won 93 games, and they missed the postseason. And this Washington or Cubs team, which is going to win 86, 87, 88 games, is going to be playing in a wild card game. And shit, this Cardinals team might not win 90 games and win the division. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, it just goes to show you the, like, the disparity between, I think, elite teams in the AL versus just what the National League puts up. I think the National League is super competitive, don't get me wrong. There's definitely good teams. It's more competitive at the top. Exactly. But when you throw in teams like the fucking Padres and... Colorado Pirates, this year, the Giants Colorado, this year. The Giants. Uh, fucking Marlins. Marlins. Yeah, like, it's... 
the Mets for most of the year. Yeah. Um, the Reds. Like, like, there's just so much, I guess, bullshit at the bottom. Um, then when you look at the AL, and granted, the Tigers and the Orioles play in the AL, but for the most part, I mean, you're still getting good teams. Yeah. Up. Yep. AL's uh actually out or NL's actually outscored the AL uh by darn near 200 runs in interleague play this year. Really? And owns uh, like a 30 game advantage in interleague play. Huh. I want so 158 and 126 NL NL's record in interleague play this year. Huh. So I wonder if maybe it has to do with the rule or the rule changes because like, like NL, yeah, NL uh, hitting in AL parks and vice versa. Yeah, because when you think about it, the NL teams are the way their rosters are built. It's very they have to have a deep bench because of mm-hmm. the no DH. So, and a lot of those guys could probably be a DH in the American League. Absolutely. So when you have starter caliber players sitting on the bench, and they can now get four or five at bats a game playing in an AL park. Yeah, I think it's going to skew it a little bit. And the same can be said for the AL teams that are weaker on the bench, and now they have to go and, and try to play small ball, um, and they kind of pitch themselves out of it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Um, again, it, it all only matters in that one interleague matchup at the end of the year in the World Series, so we'll see what happens. Um, just to twist the knife on the Indians one final time. Yeah, keep going. Their playoff <laughs> odds over the last 30 – their playoff probability over the last uh, 30 days – is a league worst minus thirty two point seven percent, or drop of thirty two point seven percent, I should say. Oof. But hey, yesterday they did themselves a favor and upped it by four point one percent. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's small changes like that that keep giving you hope, Tommy. It's it's it, you know it's like when you go golfing and you you birdie the eighteenth after you shoot a one fifteen. <laughs> speaking from experience oh 100 percent speaking from experience that's and you know what that's the one that keeps you coming back though yeah <laughs> it keeps you from throwing the clubs in the lake exactly <laughs> you can always do better next time so we'll see oh my goodness all right uh what's your curtain call so i think for my curtain call and we talked about him earlier i think severino is going to have the most wins of any yankees pitcher on that staff in the postseason Hmm. Qualified wins, not like they win the game that he pitches. Like yeah, actually, yeah, earning them. a win. Yeah, and I know we think that stat is garbage, but I think in the postseason it actually carries some weight. Yeah, I would agree. I think postseason wins is definitely more than than regular season wins. I think starter wins can carry weight in the postseason for sure. Yeah. especially in today's game with super bullpens and just teams looking to get three, four innings out of their guys and then turn it over. Uh, yeah, I think Severino is going to be the most winning pitcher on the Yankee staff in the postseason. And, yeah, I would look at it. He looked good tonight for the most part. I can't wait to see him back at full strength by the time the postseason rolls around. For sure. For sure. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a fun postseason to watch. And like I said, we're going to dive deep into it next week. So you'll have to tune in then to find out. A little on the short side today, but, hey, we were due for one. Yeah. So until next week. Uh, this has been Gap to Gap, episode 17. Uh, boy, it, it's crazy to think that we've that we've been doing this all year long, and now we're down to October's right around the corner. 
I love it. I love it because we have one, what, two more, this episode and next. And this and next. Have, and then we have the postseason, and then it's ready, we're ready to go. Ready to go, and we hope you join us all playoffs long and all season long and all next season long and all off season long. Right here on Gap to Gap, brought to you by the Breakdown Sports. See ya. You're the best around.